What's up? Uh, I'm here. (laughs) You're here. We're here. Um, You were gone last week. The podcast was also gone last week. So um, I figured today we would talk about your journey. I think some interesting things happened along the way. Very much. Um, So we'll find out about that. Um, Yeah, we'll talk about those things. I don't want to preface our conversations too much. I know just as far as kind of bike shop stuff, um we're pretty well into the season uh this past weekend we just wrapped up the last enduro for the missouri enduro series uh this weekend coming up is uh the race at um robinson bluff uh so that's going to be an enduro it's only like two or three miles i think it's capped off at like 50 racers 65 bucks to get in you can still sign up for that so um for sure check that out there's camping available there um it is private property um, so you can camp there, you show up, pay your fee, um, and you're good to go. So a bunch of rock climbing routes as well, if you're into that type of thing, but definitely go check out, um, why do I want to keep calling it Don Robinson, Robinson Bluff, uh, um, <laughs> look them up on Facebook, Robinson Bluff, MTV trails. Um, but really cool. A guy put in a ton of work out there, really good writer, um, and talented excavator. So, um, he did his thing out there, so we should go out and check it out, see what, what he's done. Um, so that's cool. Other than that, shops have been busy. I mean, it's springtime. People are out riding their bikes. We finally had a little bit of breaking weather here in St. Louis. Um, you got really lucky. Your entire trip was free of rain. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice. Maybe that was the highlight. Um, but, yeah, so you just got back today. You got your – the whole reason you went to Indiana was you have your trusty mechanic, your vehicle mechanic up there. So you dropped your van off to have the engine rebuilt on it. Replaced it's, completely. Oh, yeah, took the old one out. Yeah. We, and it's a 1985. So that's older than that's well, that's probably right about the age bracket of most people who are listening to this. Most everybody ten years older than me. Yeah. Uh, I would say our key pe- most people listening are somewhere between 30, 30 and forty-five, maybe twenty-five and forty-five, but basically. 35 to 45. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, most of that would have been right around the time everybody was born. I could use like a new engine put into my brain probably right about now. I've been, I mean, that's why we didn't do the podcast last week. I've just been dead. Like, I mean, yeah, if you've been in the shop, I've been, had to be here all the time, which is probably good for the shop. <laughs> but, um so I've been working a ton, just a lot of stuff going on. You know, everybody's out of school and um, kind of making plans for the summer and stuff. So we've been doing a lot of that type of thing. But was your last week relaxing? Do you feel, because you've been off work essentially the last week. Do you feel that was time spent, well time spent resting? Or do you think you got like the refresh or the rebuild on your mind? Same as your car again? Um, mind Yes. Um, physically I pretty much, um, spent all the fuel I had. (laughs) That's the, that's the, Mm -hmm. I don't vacation. If you could call it that usually includes absolutely zero downtime. I just gotta move. If I'm not passed out at eight 30 at the end of the day, then I haven't done something right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I got to Louisville and I didn't stop. I rode for 10 straight days. 615 miles in those 10 days. I just kept going. What day did you leave? I left um, a week prior to Saturday. So it was Saturday. It was the 28th. Okay. Because I think we last talked 
on that Tuesday yeah. on the podcast and you were prepping for your ride. I think it did. It was raining previous to you leaving, right? You didn't ride much previous to... No, I didn't ride at all that week. Okay. Yeah. So zero miles. Correct. Yeah. From Tuesday till you left Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So zero miles there. <laughs> And how were you feeling Friday night about the ride going into Saturday? Um, I felt just, I definitely had a lot of cooped up energy. So I think mm -hmm. that that really served me. But I was mentally thinking, I don't really know that mm -hmm. I can pull this off. Um, and so it was more of a mental hurdle than a physical one. Um, the first day, 100 miles, fairly flat, really no wind until my route turned south. Um, wasn't too hot, no rain, like honestly ideal conditions for riding on the road. Um, but I mean, a hundred miles in one day is pretty standard for me. It was the ones that I had to do immediately after that, that were scary. And judging by, you know, how I felt at the end of that one, I'm like, yeah, I think we're all right, but I don't know for how long. Okay. So I pulled up your Instagram. So, yeah, it, you started downtown St. Louis mm -hmm. at the Arch. Yep. Um, Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so, for folks out there, St. Louis is, downtown St. Louis is not doing great as of lately. If you were visiting St. Louis, I would say maybe avoid that area altogether. Just come out here to West, we're in West County, in West St. Louis. Um, out Highway 44 is a really nice hotel here, the Holiday Inn. That's super cool. Or you can get KOA. There's KOA here, cabins and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, stay out here. If you like need to go visit the Arch, if you're visiting town, then drive up from here. It's only a 20-minute drive or whatever. But this is really, I think, Eureka is the perfect place to stay. I mean, if you're into outdoor stuff, obviously, even if you're not, it's safe out here. Everything you need is out here. We have a Walmart, you know, and then we have, obviously, all the parks and trails. Um, and then if you need to, if you want to go up to, like, City Museum or the Arch, plan ahead do that drive down there maybe take an uber and then come back an uber ride's gonna be like 50 bucks so oh, yeah. uber's gonna be expensive from here um but either or so down to they have a riverfront trail uh the water was high because it had rained that entire week previous and when just got pissy about something down there <laughs> um so there's the riverfront trail um and it goes obviously in front of the arch but once you get about 300 feet up from that there is a giant concrete wall you did not take a picture of that i did not because i i was under i i needed to keep moving like yep. i was not going to stop and be like oh my god look how awful this was it i i felt very unsafe there really wasn't a whole lot of activity but just being by myself my um just self-preservation mode was on high alert and so i'm just trying to get to this bridge to cross out of downtown st louis and then like you can you know chain link fences like i made multiple reroutes to try and find this trail that was supposedly there and it, there's just no obvious trail anymore and i don't know if it's because of the flooding because it's just been neglected because there's not a whole lot of people using it but no the trail's not there anymore because they the homeless people or homeless encampment took over some structure on the side of the river slightly up from the arch and it's like by there's casinos there and stuff mm -hmm. but and it basically seems like they just like walled those people off 
Yeah. Like, I don't I, know exactly what the deal is there, but it is friggin' ridiculous. I like, did, it's insane. I did mm. see it. And like whenever I was trying to kind of get, I basically got boxed in. And so I had to turn around and, and ride past it twice. Um, and I, you know, turned and there was like a shorter concrete wall that there was the gap in it where I could ride around, almost ran over a dead rat. Like that kind of really gave me perspective on where I was. Um, vehicles parked where they shouldn't have been parked, um, which is people just kind of hanging around weird activity for six 30 in the morning. And it just, um, I ended up having to ride through like this industrial park with a bunch of semi trucks just in and out. Like I didn't belong there on a bicycle, but that's how I had to access the trail, but there were no signs that that's how you got there. So it was really the roughest part of the trip was getting out of St. Louis. And it was also the roughest ride that I've ever experienced on a bike. Yeah. The streets are super beat up down there. I'm showing on the screen kind of to people the, uh, some of the images of that part that I dropped you or that you started your journey at. And yeah, it's, it's not a place to ride a bike, not a place to start a journey. Probably, you know, again, St. Louis, Downtown St. Louis just not in good shape. There's been a lot of shootings lately down there. Um, you know, they there's the mayor is now talking about they're banning the electric scooters. This is came up today. Oh. Um, I guess over the weekend, uh, there was a bunch of youths um, outside of some nightclubs or wherever they were. Some there was a shooting at Ballpark Village. Um, they were shooting outside of uh, clubs and stuff down there. There's big fights, and I guess the, what's happening is underage people or maybe just i don't want to get into what i think of what this scooter ban is really saying but they're banning scooters because of the violence that's happening in downtown st louis and they're they're saying that it's the scooter taking people from what allowing people to then get to places to start crap so essentially the city's solution to violence in their mm, city is to say let's just restrict their movement okay not not a great plan but um so yeah scooters are likely to be banned i i don't know if that was effective immediately if there needs to be a vote on that i think the way i read it it seemed that that was basic kind of effective immediately i don't know if that's gonna be possible because i'm sure those companies have contracts and stuff mm -hmm. down there but either or that's not great you know i kind of took it i do like i'm a male and I understand the risks I'm taking, but I, I do find it fun to ride around downtown on my longboard. Um, it is neat. Just kind of, I'm big on like my favorite things when I'm traveling, not my favorite things. It's heartbreaking to see, but like I, it, it interests me to see like old buildings, like abandoned buildings, well, like dilapidated history, buildings. You know. it, it's definitely history. And like, you know, I think I, I think we talked about this last time we were on here, actually. But like, I just look at because I know the amount of work it takes to like build a business or to get the capital to build a structure and uh, to to do all this kind of stuff, and then to see it all just abandoned. And you know, you know that was somebody's dreams and work, and then it all just kind of goes away, and then people don't care. So always weirds me out when I see those. So I enjoy going downtown because that's basically. It, all downtown St. Louis is at this point is abandoned buildings um, and graffiti all over the place. And um, so I enjoy writing down there, but I also, you know, 
I have things to keep me safe when I'm doing that. I'm constantly looking like I am vigilant at all times when I'm down there. And I would recommend if anybody goes um, to do anything downtown that you need to assume you're in a war zone. Like it's not quite that bad, but like that's a mentality. I couldn't imagine like starting that trip in the evening, like as much activity that I, that was just strange at that time in the morning on a Saturday, just, yeah. Nothing like where I came from. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. I yeah, I I don't know what the fix is for downtown St. Louis. You know, and I grew up up there. I went to Gateway, like, you know, I grew up in uh in Dogtown, but you know, I and I wasn't allowed to. My parents we were right next so Dogtown basically sits in between Highway 40 and highway 44 and then right on the other side of highway 40s the zoo and forest park mm-hmm. and all that my house was like two blocks away i was not a lot i could go as far as i wanted towards 55 and like you know i guess west um but i was not allowed to cross highway 40 which was two blocks from my house i wasn't that was the barrier my parents were like nope you cannot go past there um just because it's always been that way it's always been super dangerous and i don't know dude it, it, it's definitely worse i mean we did i Obviously, was not. I've never been a rule follower, so <laughs> I was always in Forest Park and doing my thing and whatever. But yeah, it, and it wasn't as dangerous as it is now. You know, it just it's I don't know. It's a shame. Maybe we should move on past me just saying I don't know and <laughs> just jumping around why St. Louis is an issue. But you want to come out to the, the especially if you live up there, come hang out out here in West County. I even get weirded out now because I spend so much time here in Eureka. I get weirded out like when I'm back in Jefferson County or like, you know, more rural parts because I ended up, I bought a motorcycle, um, diesel prices are up. So uh, the truck's out and bikes in. So I've been just riding around a lot this last week on my motorcycle and going to small rural towns. And I forgot what a majority of Missouri actually looks like or, you know, rural areas of states. Like, I don't know, dude. Freaked me out. <laughs> I, I, mean, I was I, like, just get me back to St. Louis <laughs> County. Like, gosh darn, like, this is too much. Like, God. I, I saw a lot of, uh, you know, rural Midwest going through Illinois because, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was not riding main thoroughfares to get to where I was going. I, I was taking a lot of back county roads. I yeah. was trying my hardest to avoid gravel. That did not work despite all of my research. You did for so- a few days, though. So. Uh, yeah, well, it, 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 yeah, and it slowed me down the one day to the point where I'm like wildly frustrated, but you know, I'm going through a lot of those rural towns and I never really ended up in a spot where I felt unsafe, but I also kind of grew up in that kind of rough country community, but still it was like, this is people's hometown. Like it isn't inherently dangerous. It's just a different atmosphere. But um, I really didn't find anything weird until I got to Evansville, Indiana, which I have been to multiple times for bike races. And I've had friends there. I went on a date there one time. And for some reason, the hotel that looked perfectly normal online, I show up there and I'm like, I didn't know that Evansville had an area like this. But it kind of felt like a micro bubble of just this two block area got Mm -hmm. left behind um and that that kind of started the trend of where the heck am i and how do i get out of here theme that that kind of followed the couple days after 
but riding through, you know, rural Illinois, especially when I wasn't even around a town, was the most secure that I felt, which I feel like might be counterintuitive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, how did like uh, people who care about you feel about you doing this journey um, alone as a female? Well, so the thing was, is the whole trip was born out of those people not necessarily <laughs> being like, you got, well, you got to pick your van yeah. up, but you're on your own. I'm like, all right, I'll do that the way that I have to. And then I did get some, I wouldn't say criticism, but just kind of like the tone of you're not really serious. I'm like, I am serious. I've got the whole thing planned. Here we go. And then I made it. And then people are like, oh, congratulations. Wow, that's awesome. And like. Almost kind of like where where was this this um, exuberance mm -hmm. when I was starting the trip? Sure. Mm -hmm. There were there was the subset of people that know me, and they're like, "This this is very uh, Jenna esque." Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dude, every picture from your journey is a gravel road. Just FYI, <laughs> I love gravel, <laughs> and that, that's the lesson that I learned from this trip. Is anytime I'm going to do like a cross country kind of just no gravels can exist. Yeah, just ride the gravel tires. I I right. I saved no time riding 28s right. on that trip because of those two days where I had to walk some sections because it, it wasn't just gravel. It was awful gravel. It was too rugged. It was too much of a risk for my wheels to continue to ride it. Um, it was also exhausting. And you rode your Terra? Yes. Yeah. And what rubber were you actually running? So I had um, 28 um, specialized turbo pros. Turbo pros. And they were they were really hardy. They they stood up to the test. Didn't have any flats. Didn't have any punctures. Sorry. Like great, but when you're I mean, some of these gravel roads weren't typical Midwest limestone. They were like you'd put this in your fish tank. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I've been spending the last like five minutes staring at this computer screen as uh -huh. you were talking, like cycling through your pictures as you discuss things and that's why i like brought up the gravel because i'm like obviously everyone's going to see pictures of gravel the whole time she's talking i wasn't actually sharing the screen so no one saw any of that <laughs> i also like 10 minutes ago was showing pictures of the riverfront I, I don't know if anyone actually seen that or not but either way that's probably take probably word for, the for it best. i hit some rocks yeah i think all right we are on a shared screen right now so yeah that's hilarious but I think I lost the ability to operate them. Yeah, none of these these unpaved roads were marked unpaved on the three different apps that I used to check for that stuff ahead of time. That How was did even, you navigate? Um, so I am uh, used Ride with GPS to map my routes. Um, I double-checked with Strava to make sure that, like, you know, looking at heat maps because it'll sure. show what things are. And there were definitely areas where nobody was riding. Mm -hmm. But I imagine it was just because it was so far away from any municipality that there probably just aren't that many people to actually and then there's a, a specific website called gravel map if you're not familiar that um, actually will show you not only roads that are gravel but routes that cyclists are frequently doing gravel rides on so there there are multiple resources to check like okay what's safe where's passable you know where it might be a little bit sketchy um and i found nothing on any of those sites that said that these roads were unpaved um, right with gps usually will tell you if a section's unpaved it won't tell you how 
So what does that tell you about your choice of what your ride was? It means like probably no one else is doing Pretty that. much. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. There was just no data for the, the area that cool. I was in that I hit gravel. There's just people just aren't riding there. There's no cyclists in that area, which was really cool. Kind of like an explorer. Yeah. You're, you're um, like, um, you were like Lewis and Clark, but you went maybe I'm, the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure people have been out there, but it, <laughs> is that they the Kentucky working. River that would go up near Indiana? It's the Ohio, Ohio that, that borders Kentucky and Indiana. That doesn't make okay. sense, but it is the Ohio River. Okay. Yeah. The but, Kentucky, where's the Kentucky River is down? Yeah, it's a, it's a less major river. Right. Okay. Um, I think I've crossed the Kentucky. I don't even know if I have. Out of a sketchy part of Illinois. Now that Sounds I think probably the same area. <laughs> All right. So just to summarize what your ride was. So day one, you left from St. Louis and you mm -hmm. went to Mount Vernon, Illinois. Yeah um that went once you got out of st louis went smooth from there it did yeah so i rode the madison county trail for a significant part of that and then i eventually dove it was like north of o'fallon where i turned left and i'm just country roads all the way to mount vernon um went through centralia um that was kind of the major town um i stopped for breakfast slash lunch at this diner in carlisle and i was sick that was 61 miles in and, and of course you know the the waitress there was just oogling over like what the heck are you doing this is so cool what do your parents think like you know typical questions like that and um got a free cup of coffee out of it like nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that that day was really smooth it was wow it's pancake it's illinois but i mean like i didn't run into any issues navigationally no dogs no crazy drivers like honestly the whole trip i didn't really have issues with drivers one time um yeah, Illinois does have a really nice greenway system, I, I guess, through a certain part. Where did it kind of end out at? I, I mean, even... I didn't go all the way to the end of it. Well, because even in um, in Mount Vernon, there's... Is that MCT trail as well, or is that a different bike trail that goes through there? I'm not familiar, because I once you I got to Mount Vernon, it. I was just on roads. Right. Okay. So how many miles did you do day one? Uh, 101. Do you remember the elevation? I think it was like 1,900. So if that it was over a thousand, but not over two. So you, you woke up on day two then. So this is Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, you headed out from Mount Vernon and you went where? Evansville, Indiana. Evansville, Indiana. That was the, the worst day because that's where I hit gravel. I had to shoulder surf on Illinois 15 for 45 miles. And that luckily, it kind of paralleled the roads that I had planned to ride that I'm just like, I don't know how many more of these are gravel, so I'm just going to avoid all of it. And th that started once you got to Indiana? No, I, this was way before Indiana when Mount I hit the gravel. Carmel. But then when I got, yeah, I got to Mount Carmel, that's where you cross into Indiana. And then okay. I hit more gravel after that. Okay. And then I also turned into a headwind coming directly out of the south. And so I was already stressed just because mental stress has just as much impact on the body as physical stress so it's hilarious right next to evansville <laughs> there's another city called mount vernon so you basically pedaled from mount vernon to mount vernon <laughs> there's a mount vernon everywhere yeah like <laughs> but yeah i got to i i did get to evansville and it was just i was having a hard time i was that was where i was really starting to worry am i gonna pull this off and it was mostly, not necessarily from a fitness standpoint, but I was carrying a backpack, which I don't usually do. It probably weighed 15 pounds, no more than that. So really not a lot, but it is a lot for an untrained body. And I also had weight on my bike. Mm -hmm. 
that was not centered. I had a heavy feed bag on my bars. And so whenever I was surfing the shoulder in Illinois still, and I had that crosswind, I'm trying to handle my bike over and I have the weight. And so my left shoulder just started to scream at me and I actually stopped and took um, ibuprofen halfway through that ride. You you had to dope. (laughs) Yep. Doping. Yep. Done it. (laughs) Well, you know, I won't let the UCI know, but (laughs) that was right. How many miles did you do on Sunday then? Um, 110. So 110 yeah. from Mount Vernon to Mount Vernon or Evansville, whatever. <laughs> um, how much of that was grapple? I want to say maybe 3%. 3%. Now, did but you ride it? I rode as much of it as I could, but then eventually I started feeling the body fatigue and just like, I'm going to crash if I keep doing this. And then the surface kept getting worse. I mean, it almost is more exhausting to try and hike it in road cleats, right. but that is what I had to do just because I didn't want to lay the bike down and like snap my derailleur hanger or something. Right. Like I didn't want to run that risk. Right. Um, but yeah, I, it basically when I hit gravel, I had to make two major detours um, and ride. Not How many miles major. Do you think you had to like but, hike a bike or run? I don't know what you would call it on the road. Push as far as actually hiking it, less than two. That's a lot of miles. Yeah. Two but, mile walk is a for a, normal people, like just everyday people, maybe people who don't ride bikes and stuff. If they went for a two mile walk, mm-hmm. they would be like, "Oh, I really did something today." So with a bike and in road cleats and on unstable ground, right. yeah. I, mean, I would have personally taken my shoes off, put my shoes for my bag on, and then that would have probably made more sense. But that's not where my brain was. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, I gotta get out. Yeah, I was mad. <laughs> I mean, there was the, the second time it happened. I'm like, Are you kidding me and right. i saw the highway in the distance but I, it was also in the distance and so i had to walk all the way because you planned this all up you assumed none of this was yeah, going to be I was, I, I was on i did a lot of research i i took a lot i routed the route that i did to avoid the gravel that i knew i was going to hit in indiana i have i did effectively avoid all of that but i didn't avoid what was unmarked and it's just because there's no data on it so what you what time did you leave on Sunday morning? Do you remember? Uh, too late. Um, I think not until like almost eight. Okay. And then what time did you arrive in Evansville? Almost six. So ten Which hours on the bike? Way late, yeah. Yep. Including stop time. That's way later than I really wanted to get there. And I was just going to ask something and then I closed that and I was like, oh, shoot. But then I was like, I meant to close it. Um, I don't know. Well, the day after that. Oh, yeah. So you get in at seven o'clock or Mm -hmm. six o'clock. You get to your hotel in Evansville. And that was the shady hotel. That was actually the best one. It was just in a shady spot of town. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you get there and what do you do? Like, obviously, you probably weren't in a great mood that evening. You were a little kind of defeated. What did you do that night? Like, what were you, what did you want to go to? So I immediately just went and ate because that's that had to be my priority the entire time. It's like, even if I'm tired, if I eat, like I can pull this off. And I made several phone calls to be like, please keep me off of the edge of this. Like, I don't want to like be upset, you know, like I, this is fun. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I'm making phone calls, like updating people. Cause I had like this list of people that I'm like, Hey, I'm safe. Like I made it to where I'm supposed to, this is my situation, that kind of thing. But I kind of knew as soon as I got there, like, I don't have time to eat, decompress, 
check up on everybody, shower, make sure my stuff is ready for the next day. Um, she got in too late. Yeah. And because the next day was supposed to be 150 miles and I knew I had to start at 5 a.m. no later. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, I have to get enough sleep, but I also can't go straight to sleep. And mm -hmm. so I just felt pressured. I'm like, this isn't, I have time. I can rearrange things if I need to, like, this is fine. And I also was really struggling with just shoulder pain from my backpack for, from 200 miles, you know, the last two days. And so I just booked a hotel in Owensboro where I didn't plan on staying and just did the 44 miles from Evansville to Owensboro the day after is kind of just a rest day, which ended up being the worst one, if you can believe me. Uh, just physically and mentally, I was not having it on that 44 mile day. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> If you're, if everything was easy, you would have just went and rode 150 miles. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm showing that now. And I think that's important for people to know, like, yeah, you realize you were there. You weren't there. You weren't working. You weren't racing. You didn't have to be anywhere at a certain time. So you made, a, I think, a very good call mm -hmm. to kind of slow things down, slow the pace down, give yourself a day. I mean, 50 miles is still, especially after riding 200 miles previous, it's still a lot of mileage to mm -hmm. put in, but you did give yourself that little bit of a break um, instead of just pushing through, which I think is really smart. And, you know, people have to keep that in mind. Like when you're out doing stuff like that, you do kind of get that that focus of having to complete the goal. Yeah. And I did have to battle with that a lot because I really just wanted to be like, this is what I planned. This is what I'm going to do. Right. I probably could have pulled it off. But I think I was rewarded for not doing that, which we'll get to. No. But the the real highlight of that day was in Owensboro. I Because I had switched my plan, and so I bumped back another hotel to a different day, and then I you know, booked one that I originally didn't plan to stay at, I didn't read the reviews. In Owensboro. Yes. And so I get to this one, and it's a motel, which I already didn't like, but um, whatever, it's a place to sleep and shower. I'm, not asking too much for it, but I should have really paid attention to when I walk into the lobby and there's a glass barrier with a microphone, which I've never seen in a hotel before. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a, a COVID protocol, you know, because we just got out of a time where everybody had the plexiglass mm -hmm. up in front of their registers. So I just thought it was that. But no, this was a permanent fixture. And then there were signs saying you may not receive mail at this location starting in April of 2022. Very recent change. Um, you must move rooms every 28 days. I'm like, Oh, okay. People live here. <laughs> I live in a van. I'm not going to judge if you have to do something like that. Like that wasn't my initial thought, but shortly after I got into my room and I start walking just across the gas station or down the street to the subway, I realized this is not a good spot. I just all, all evening, all night, just people saying weird stuff to me as I'm walking. And then the real kicker was when I'm in my room and I'm like, okay, not going outside again until I leave in the morning. Just, I'm done. I'm staying here. Some guy comes pounding on my door saying room service. What time was this? This is like, like 7 p.m. Not much room service can be had at 7 p.m. typically. Or in a motel. At a motel. Yeah. So I'm just, I just froze. Why didn't you just say pizza? It's that, a motel. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, you had a wrong door. But I was just if like, you what? come to my door and knock and say pizza, I'm going to at least check the camera. 
before I just ignore it. Well, see, that was another thing is there was no people. Like, I couldn't even look outside without oh, moving true. the curtain. Yeah, there was a lot of, and the, like, there were air holes, like, like gaps in the door. Like, the door didn't completely fit the, the jam. So just, you know, like, maintenance yeah. issues. <laughs> and typically, if you're driving to a hotel, you could get there and be like, oh, I this isn't good to move. Here and, yeah, but because and go I was on a bike hotel. and there's so much activity outside my door, even starting at 7 p.m., I'm like, I don't even want to leave. And so, and it, like, it got That's worse hard. after I went to bed because I made sure, like, okay, I'm going to, I didn't have 150 miles to go. I had a, like 120, mm -hmm. but I still From knew. From Owensboro to, to Corden, Indiana. Okay. Yeah. So, I was preparing for that. And I'm like, I really got to rest. Is, I really so that's the eat. Ohio River that you're going yes. across. Yeah, twice. Back and forth. Um, and uh, I think it was right around 11. I think I had dozed off for a little bit, but I started smelling something burning. But it wasn't like a, oh, the place is on fire burning. It was either somebody burned popcorn or they were cooking meth. Like there was no middle We're ground. Smoking meth maybe? I don't know, but it was really strong. I and thought it, that was a Missouri thing. I thought once you get out of Missouri, you didn't have to worry as much about oh, people. Oh, no. no. That's everywhere. Yeah, that's everywhere, that's unfortunately. Sure. But yeah, I mean, and, and I hear somebody is walking laps back and forth in front of all the doors, listening to very loud music on their phone at one point in the night. No some, headphones? No, no. No, no courtesy. And then at one point, <laughs> some guy's moaning in the parking lot like he's in pain. This was in Owensboro. Yeah. All of okay. this was in Owensboro. Everything. Yeah. I, is there anything in Owensboro? Like, did you do any? Owensboro has a really cool waterfront. Like, they. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I, that was probably my favorite stop as far as actually taking in the scenery. But the part of town that I was in didn't look rough. But when I got to this motel, it was just like its own bubble and the people around. Like, I left my room and some guys, like, Nice tan lines. And I'm like, I'm used to that, but his demeanor was weird. Hold on. <laughs> You're trying to find my tan. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't I don't know as if I actually have a photo that oh, now I'm just solo. No, don't make me solo. Jenna <laughs> solo. Hold on. I'm flipping us around. Now it looks like we're not looking. Are you at trying each to other? actually a live a live depiction of my tan? Oh hold on, yeah. <laughs> Well, now I can't see your legs. You lowered well, I can, your I can only show the arms. Okay, there's your Like, arm. yeah. yeah, I mean, Pretty you know, and so that I don't hide them. But I'm walking and this guy's like, nice tan lines. And he just erupts into this most mm. maniacal laughter. Like he had just told the best joke. Mm. And he didn't make eye contact with me either. It was just kind of like he was talking to himself. I'm like, druggy, got it. Keep Are you walking. sure he was talking to you? I'm absolutely. Who else? <laughs> Who else? I would have felt much better if I, I wasn't by myself. And then in the short time you were here at the shop tonight, like everybody made mention of your tan lines. And it's only because I'm in a mountain bike shop. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but I've never thought much of it. And, you know, my own siblings, whenever I finally, you know, I visited my parents because they were very, they were, I diverted 18 miles off my original route to, to go visit them. And my siblings are both calling me hot dog legs. Okay. For 24 hours straight and to the point where they go and grab an Oscar Mayer from the refrigerator and come out and just exact color match like Sherwin Williams himself. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's sibling harassment. I'm not, I'm Even keep, when we're all adults, it's still. Exists. I'm going to keep my jokes to myself. <laughs> Any jokes about anything along those lines. So your trip then took you. 
from Owensboro, which was a pretty area. You had some pictures on your Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. I think we either. Yeah, of Owensboro or... itself. Yeah, it has a really cool little downtown area. It is a city, but it's a lot like Louisville. It's a little big town. Earlier, I had the picture up. I thought, oh, yeah. There. Eh, maybe that's not the right place. The Big Four Bridge. That is in Louisville. Yeah, so that's after I actually got to town. <laughs> I'm going to stop trying to share screens because it's just distracting me from <laughs> actually talking to you and finding out what happened. Um, you plugged me in the last episode. They can find me. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just trying to look at the pictures and the map, but I'm like, the map really doesn't help us much at all. So day one, 100 miles, mm -hmm. coming out of downtown St. Louis, harrowing, first 10 miles. I think that's good. I mean, if there was any concerns for your safety or if you were at all nervous about such a thing, I would think getting doing that at the beginning, everything else would just seem, you know, less dangerous so maybe that was I, I was relieved yeah. once i kind of got away yeah so you got out of downtown st louis after 100 miles you stopped in mount vernon you went another 101 miles to mount vernon or evansville mm -hmm. uh, through gravel it sucked yeah you were very mad at the end of the day you just called people and yelled at them it sounds like <laughs> um that evening and then you said i'm just going to take it easy the next mm -hmm. day i'm going to be responsible about this did 50 miles stayed in a random motel that you didn't bet out properly and it was full of homeless people essentially um and drug addicts so you got a little taste of that again um and then you left there went 120 miles um to corrected which Ford is again. 20 minutes driving south of where my parents live. So basically, okay. once I got across the bridge, uh, across the Ohio into Indiana again, I was home. Okay. So, and that was, so it was 120 miles from Owensville to there. So that was the end of day four. That was four. Yeah. So it was the end of day four. You got into there. Did you go directly to your parents' house? I, I stayed in a hotel in Corridon just because I knew that I wasn't going to be very sociable. And I'm like, I really want to sleep. I really want to eat. I'm just going to relax. Um, yeah, and then I also, sure. you know, I'm keeping tabs on the mechanic and he has my van, you know, putting a whole new engine. And it is a massive job. And they're mm -hmm. finally like, oh, we got to get this, this, and this because there were other issues, you know. And so I'm like, well, I'm no longer on a time crunch. So I might as well just kind of slow it down again, make sure that I'm resting, eating just enjoy my time on the bike and no. so i went from corridon to my parents house the next day 18 miles basically recovery how did the 120 mile ride feel after the that was day like i was kind of getting at earlier that was the reward that yeah. was the most scenic part of the trip it was the okay. one with the most climbing but that's the kind of riding that i'm used to and right. by that point my body had adapted to having extra weight on my bike and right. on me and so i just didn't even notice it but yeah, it was gorgeous. Like, did you do any doping that day of ibuprofen? I did not. I didn't okay, have to. So you did. You only had to dope on day two. I did dope with a lot of caffeine. I don't know if that. Counts. Okay, that does count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that it's funny because like that. I mean, you would have been 250 miles in at that point, or probably by the time you really started enjoying your day, 300 miles mm -hmm. or so in over the past. The that was where I realized hours. my engine went a lot deeper than I thought it did. Right. Um. I was also compelled by the fact that I was alone. Like I had bailouts if I really needed them, mm -hmm. but also there was a pride factor. Like, no, mm -hmm. but yeah, like that, that day I was just like, I was definitely tired, but it wasn't like a, Oh my God, I'm so tired and miserable. It's just like, I notice it, mm -hmm. 
but I, I've done everything mostly right. And so. Didn't you say you stopped at a bike shop one of those days? Yeah. And, and well, in Mount Vernon, there was a bike shop. Oh yeah. Yeah. What but, did you shop in the bike shop for? I had I like dry bike chain. Shop talk. Yeah. I had dry chain and I was like, <laughs> but before, you know, did you bring chain lube with you? I didn't. I normally would, but I did not that time. So yeah. I stopped there to buy some. You what know, lube were you in. using? What lube did you put on your bike for the trip? Um, actually, it was another bike shop that had it. What, which will remain nameless. Yes. Do you know what lube they <laughs> use? They they use that white lightning grease. And, white lightning. So um, stay away from all white lightning products, it, everybody. I mean, it it works. If you're at Walmart and you have to buy, <laughs> and you like don't have a bike shop nearby, and you have to buy lube, you can use it, but bring it with you on your ride so you can reapply it midway. Yeah, they well, and see that's the thing is I think it works really well for you know, a more casual ride, but whenever I'm putting that much mileage on, mm -hmm. especially when I'm kind of yeah. getting some dust and stuff, like right. it it wears off very fast. And right. so I was I was not only hearing it, but I was feeling it and I'm like I can't yeah. do that. But yeah, that was I just went to this random bike shop that happened to be a mile and a half from my hotel in Mount Vernon where I didn't think there would be a bike shop. Lucky for you. There was a local mm -hmm. bike shop nearby. Yep. And he knew who you were. You weren't, <laughs> you weren't able to order online your lubricant. Amazon, I have had certain things being overnight, free overnight delivery, like um, a lock picking set I had to get to break into my truck. They delivered that the next morning at 7 a.m., which was pretty interesting. But my point is, <laughs> if you would like to be able to always have a bike shop there when you need it, then make a point of going down to the bike shop and buying stuff, mm -hmm. even if it might be a little bit more convenient sometimes to just press a few buttons on your phone. Yeah, I, I've... I and be remember. patient with them. <laughs> I think I've ordered like one thing from Amazon in the last three years. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, it's not a thing I do. Yeah. Um, so you got lube. What mm -hmm. kind of lube did you go with? I got some uh, Pedro's. Pedro's lube. Yeah, which is a lot. Was it a dry lube, ceramic lube? Do you remember? Um, that I don't know because I didn't end up using any of my bottle. I just used, like he had done it in the shop and mm -hmm. I don't remember. What he wanted me to use was going to be a wet lube because he's like, you definitely prefer a wetter chain when you ride. I can, he, and like, I've never heard that before, but mm -hmm. he's like, you don't like the sound of even like a dry lube being used. Yeah, because not everybody notices when their chains dry. Mm -hmm. I would say a lot of riders do not notice when their chains dry. I, I but since you notice, then as a experienced bike shop owner, what do you remember the name of the bike shop? It was B and C. B and C. B and C. Yeah. Okay. Cycles. Right. And fitness, I think, is also cool. in the title. Yeah. So not they're in Mount Vernon. So obviously, really nice and attentive person for him to kind of pick up on that about you, and then be able to then refer a product deeper level mm -hmm. whereas normally it would just be like yeah obviously i would buy the drive loop whereas he knew it you know from talking to you and paying attention that you would appreciate something a little bit different so um did he put web loop on your chain he did okay yeah. and then that lasted the entire mm -hmm. rest of the time you rode yep. your bike so another well, more than that, because you rode a ton once you got actually got home yep. um, and did all that. So, I did 615 miles in um, 10 days, effectively, okay. like just between the trip and just getting there and, and seeing people that I hadn't for a long time. And that's where my core cycling group is. So I kind of know where if I want to ride with people, I can, you know, I know all the routes there by heart. Because that's, you know, just where I started. But, you know, I had never had to touch the bike again. 
So I don't know how much you want to get into this or not because we discussed it a little bit earlier. But I think you know now that we've you sorted your way to uh, back to Indiana mm-hmm. um, or Louisville, 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 Louisville. You're getting better. <laughs> I, I try to stick my tongue in the back of my throat and say it. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have a few beers, maybe. Maybe I'll just like... That, honestly, you probably have to be a little bit buzzed to say it right. Right. I mean, everybody in Louisville's half drunk anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you did some group rides and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I, I think I put it in the description we were to discuss a little bit. I don't want to get too much into it, but, it, you know, oh, I don't Somebody care. can learn something from it. But being a chick and showing up to group rides, experience you know, I think road is a little bit worse. It probably happens on mountain bike rides too, but A, it can be intimidating for women. And as guys, we may not always realize, like we may think we're being encouraging or we may be think, thinking we're being welcoming or, you know, if a girl shows up on a ride that's normally a bunch of dudes, like we try to maybe treat her like we do everybody else or maybe we treat we give extra compliments or whatever else because we think that's what's gonna kind of be the nicest thing <laughs> but i don't but like when you were talking it doesn't always come across that way so i thought it'd be interesting to kind of discuss that a little bit just so as guys we know like you know it's not just like pandering or like um what do you call it when like you know I, not pandering but like you give people compliments, maybe really don't deserve them. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of like overdo it and you're overly nice. And maybe you kind of do that to compensate because guys are awkward around girls, you know, whether, you know, a guy doesn't have to be interested in a girl to just for it to be weird that a girl's around if you're used to girls not being around for something. Um, so, you know, I think that happens, but I'll let you talk because I don't... <laughs> So the experience that I had was definitely a group where most of them knew of me because, again, that was the community that I was in. There's also a shortage of women that are in kind of the more race-minded cycling community. Mm -hmm. So I had been gone from Louisville for a while, but the core people in that group knew who I was. (laughs) And so kind of, you know, one of the first encounters that I had was somebody mistaking me for somebody else and they're like oh i'm sorry you've just you've slimmed down since then and the weird thing was that i had not Mm -hmm. it was you could have left it with oh i'm sorry i mistook you for somebody else Mm -hmm. but then you made it about oh i was actually looking at your physique harder and so then i'm kind of like okay i am aware men do that Mm -hmm biologically but i'm like now i'm like all right now what else probably the main principle men judge women by unfortunately and then it that it didn't stop there we we got you know into like the tougher part of the route on this this ride and um i'll preface this but i know i know no so maybe it's always awkward even if you're giving a nice compliment never probably for a girl that you don't know especially if you don't know her at all Maybe not a good idea even to say it looks like you've dropped a few pounds. Yes. That's that's an awkward thing to say because yeah. it insinuates a bunch of other things. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, like it was Where like you little... might, you would say that to your buddy, be like, hey, dude, what the F? You lost it, all kinds it, of weight. What the hey, man? It was also from a person that I know does do that for. Sure. 
that it isn't just an innocent comment. It's an open opening line. Of some, yes, of sorts. So it was like there was kind of a double. Yeah, I don't think it was intentional again, but it was also kind of like you didn't. You're just unaware. Mm -hmm. We get further into the ride, and and so somebody says like, "Well, the skinny thing up here when I'm climbing in front of them." Mm -hmm. I'm like again, not only am I being stared at, but it's just like, oh well, she's so skinny. Like, of course. How long was this ride? It was forty. I ended up with forty-six miles at the end of it. Average speed. Eighteen three. Okay. I mean, um, like it was, it was, you know, a lot of elevation or um, a lot of elevation in one section. Okay. So it was mostly flat. A lot of like smashing through the city, like a lot of stop and go. So I mean, okay. like eighteen three was pretty. Okay. decent pace for having to do that and then right. with a you know a major climb but when we got what you know, speed were you guys like averaging when you were like cruising would you say do you know there was one point towards the end where i looked down and we're going 32 jesus christ up a hill no flat <laughs> with green lights still uh, but, but you know like 25 kind of was you know good cruising piece or pace for us okay i mean and and it was a lot of guys that had ridden with each other often so they were kind of aware of you know Who's this really person's in front really like good. give them a break let's say you know it was organized right. it was a safe group to ride with mm -hmm. and so that's why i showed up and my best friend was riding there so of course i'm gonna go while i'm in town but just like the the underhanded comments that weren't innately meant to be anything at all right. were highly uncomfortable for me because i am being singled out as the woman the token woman on the ride. Mm -hmm. That is not flattering to me right. because I am there as another cyclist that clearly belongs there because I'm keeping pace with you. Right. All. Why can't you just leave it at that? Right. After riding 500 miles. <laughs> and I, I, I did make that note. And there right. was, there was one individual there that I know knew who I was. And again, a person that had made questionable comments for on me before. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is not okay. And they just proceeded to then pretend the, they didn't know who I was. They're like, who is that? It's just, it, and it's like, you can't even acknowledge. I'm like, I'm, I'm not desecrating anybody. Right. I'm not calling them names. I'm like, well, you're just an a-hole. I don't do that. I just say, this is what happened. And this is why it makes me uncomfortable. And the ones that want to argue with me about that for my own personal experience mm -hmm. are the ones I now feel like I have to stay away from because they don't respect me not just as a woman, but as a person in general. Right. And that happens repetitively in the cycling world, yeah. especially when you're the only woman to show up. Right. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, I'm trying to like consider it from like a guy's standpoint, because I know I'm guilty of the same stuff, um, you know, as far as like, it's hard if a woman shows up just to look at, and it happens eventually. I think with mountain biking, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. I, I don't have any experience with the road, so I really can't say that. But, you know, I think like mountain bike chicks end up just being like outdoorsy girls. And eventually the fact that like, I feel like it happens a little bit quicker where you forget they're a girl. You know what and I mean? And that's what I wish would happen. Like, I don't mind. Because especially... with the baggy clothes and the helmet, maybe... But then everyone's wearing is the same outfit you're wearing. Yeah. So you guys all look the same anyway. It's just like, I don't know. like if I have a repertoire. I with... should have thought this through before we brought it up. <laughs> no, like live feedback is good. Um, but I think when you have like a relationship with a group like right. that, that, you know, that banter can be fine depending on the individual. 
But if somebody's like not around very often and you're just automatically, let me make comments about her appearance. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not such a good, because I can imagine if I was a new person to the group and I didn't already kind of have a feel for how they were, another woman may have never showed up to that ride again. Right. Yeah, because they felt singled out. And I don't think, I mean, obviously anybody listening at this point um, is probably not a very narcissistic person or you wouldn't listen to other people talk for two hours. But like, I think it's important. And like, I know on our rides, like when we used to do uh, group rides, like we'd have a Sunday ride and that would get all kinds of just brand spanking new beginners who we'd even bring a bike for, you know, all the way up to people who've been riding for a while and just want to do a casual ride with a group or whatever it may be. But, and, you know, we would have women show up, obviously, to the ride, and then there would be dudes that, you know, you would hear them start to make comments or, you know, when it's just kind of the guys. And we, I was always really vigilant about shutting that down. And so were, you know, the other guys in the group because, and, it, and like the couple guys that I'm thinking of that we had to like talk to and say something to were not bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't They weren't think- creeps. They weren't whatever, and they just did. It did not hit them like, oh yeah, that's really uncomfortable. I'm doing that, and that's not what this person came here for. Yeah, like they didn't come here to meet me. Like I, I know you're excited that you've seen a girl who's into bikes, and you know she's cute or whatever, but like that's not what she's here for. She did not come here to meet you or to be hit on by you. Trust me, if she's into you, you'll know. <laughs> I I don't inherently think that anybody has ill intent. Yeah. When it's just that kind of thing no. um when, but when it's you, a responsibility of other guys to then is, step in right. in the and, group and say something to that guy be like hey like this is uncomfortable like give her some space or like you know like, and it'll go a step further too when you know some women are less like i will pick my battles but i have absolutely no issue advocating for myself in those instances mm-hmm. and when you are the person the woman that's like hey I'm not okay with that behavior. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have gotten very reactive with me and be like, well, this, like I've been called a feminazi. Mm-hmm. And like all because I didn't want you to make it like at the very least, even though you you shouldn't really be saying it at all. Like mm-hmm. you need to, to nip that line of thinking in the butt. Right. At least don't say it with an earshot. Right. And that's what was Especially happening. if they really thought that's what it, they, that you were a feminist to then call you and aim like that, it could only go terribly. Yeah. Like that would never be a good idea. Like that would be the last person you want to say that to. Cause that, a, femini- a feminist is going to like, if you, if she's, if you already think she's, if you think she, she's she, mad she's now, your ass on fire. Yeah, call her a feminist and then see what happens. But like, this, it's not going to go well for you. This theme has made me leave bread and butter jobs at bike shops yeah. because of that. And it, it was just like, I'm okay being a learning moment if that's what I have to do to to say, hey, maybe you should think about this behavior and then just not taking it lightly. So and then then I have to like, okay, now I now have to protect myself and isolate myself from the specific person. Right. Like it it has it can have this chain. Are those typically like specific dudes? Like do you kind of know like when you're in a group or after like a first conversation with somebody like, oh God. This is one of those creeps. Like, um, is it just certain people that are like that? I, I don't know. When it gets that bad, yes. But right. I do think that the mentality kind of exists. Oh, uh, I wouldn't say a majority, but a wide. Like, and it, 
it makes me just kind of like, I'm not really going to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. And I did say that at one point during the ride because I didn't know who was looking at me and like, oh, this, I'm behind the woman. They, like, I don't know as if many of them actually acknowledge me my name right. either. But I was just, you know, they're like, oh, you're kicking ass for a girl kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of like, I'm just here trying to blend in. Just like, here kicking ass. And I said, like, <laughs> I'm just, I just want to blend in and ride my bike. And I'm like, well, you're not blending in. You're kicking ass. And they think it's a compliment. But right. again, I'm being, I'm being picked up from the group and I'm being set out here. Right. And so I'm out here on my own and right. I start feeling like I'm not really welcome here. Right. I'm under a microscope. Right. And yeah, that, you're the token, which I thought was an interesting way you put that for. I was like, ugh, yeah, that's a good point. That's not an original. I've been like, that's, that's right. Uh, it, the observation's been made, you know, from other people that are, that do understand kind right. of how I see it, have used that statement. But I mean, like in Louisville with the clicky and it's everywhere. It's not just Louisville. They just, that's where my experience has been. The groups, they have those women that show this this one shows up to this ride and this one shows up to this ride. Mm -hmm. This one is on this team. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's, I've we never We're all seen... happy to have when women want to join our, our group because there is so, and, and that's a lot of like, it's a lot of like, A, I, it's good for guys like, you know, we like hanging out with other dudes and being dudes and saying obnoxious things that we would not say around women. And then. But it's also nice to have feminine energy around. Mm -hmm. So I think like with these rides and these groups and stuff, a lot of times for guys, the reason why groups are so excited when like, you know, when you're like, oh yeah, this girl's finally, you know, we finally got a girl. Cause it's nice to have feminine energy around, you know. And I think a lot of it is born out of that. It right. is fairly innocent. But again, if somebody's saying, Hey, I don't really like that attention, then be like, right. got right. it. Right. Won't happen again. But no. that's not been my experience a lot of times. It's yeah. like, how dare you? You need to start mountain biking more. This is your problem. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would still happen mountain biking, but at, but like you can be aggressive because mountain biking is aggressive. Like they don't expect you to be like dainty at all. Not that and, road and bikers are dainty. I think historically <laughs> road cyclists that get into mountain biking, they have road fitness. And so they're just kind of instantly like climbing hills, just like right. they've been doing it the whole right. time. Yeah, you'd be fine. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then you could, yeah, I think, I think, I don't know. There's probably an issue with that. I'm just going to say, uh-huh, uh, what? Nine times. <laughs> I don't want to talk about girl issues. Complex issues. Yeah, that we, this, this would go on for seven hours if we got into in trouble, all of it dude. and still not be done. I have four sisters and a daughter, so I do um, understand the female's perspective somewhat, but you know, not when it, when it comes to athletics and, you know, there's a, that kind of change. There's a disparity between like women on women too, because I, I know there, there are probably a handful of women that like that kind of like, yeah. That and attention. I just personally don't. That's where my <laughs> head went with like the guy who maybe is over the top with it. It's mm -hmm. like, did oh, he come firing. across a girl like early on that like that were, you know, that, you know, soak that stuff up. Like the whole reason she goes to a ride is because she gets to wear a skin tight outfit and she's the only have her, one. Yeah. yeah. And, and all I... the boys are looking at her. So yeah, I'm sure there's that. And you know, that's fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with people doing that, but yeah. And that might be where some of these guys take it from. Cause they're used to, okay, 
you know, because most girls end up feeling like you and they go on a ride or they get into a group to where they go, they kind of get that feeling. And maybe it's not overt, but it's kind of that like subconscious. You're like, oh, look at you. Look how fast you're it's going. Look at you go. subliminal messaging. Yeah. And then after like three or four rides, you're just like, I just don't feel good after riding with these people, you know, and maybe like I said, it was nothing overt and then girls don't show up. So maybe the girls who do consistently show up are those girls who do thrive off of that type of attention mm -hmm. and then so then those dudes they're only used to seeing those girls so then they apply that to everyone it's it's great that we live in a world now where we can just make excuses for everybody for anything that happens i do love it everything's so subjective i just want to live nothing set in stone good I, luck i want to be <laughs> a part of of something where i show up to a ride and people are like oh shit okay you want people to fear you when you show up. Not, fear in, your in, ability. In a competitive way, yes. Right. Not, not like, a... God damn it. She's going to push the pace. Now I got to keep up with her. <laughs> I did end up with two Strava QOMs from doing that. I thought, so like with having the bike shop and then, you know, trying to get the park open and stuff, like I've had to be fairly public and we're at an hour, so we'll probably end this. Um, but I had to be really public. So anytime I'm like around like especially in Eureka, most everybody knows me. So if I go places, like I'll notice people, you know, staring at me or, you know, saying hello, whatever. And really around a good amount of St. Louis, I can, wherever I go, I am likely going to run into somebody I know or someone's going to look familiar, or, you know, something's going to happen. And then when I go out of town, nobody knows who I am. And, I, and sometimes it gets a little bit old because, you know, there's also hate like people who aren't in the cycling industry don't understand all that bike shop politics that goes on. So ridiculous, but I won't get into that nonsense. Um, but, and, but so it, it was kind of like that thing. I feel like I, I'm like always being watched or mm -hmm. like for a while, like every time I show up to the park, like I went on my board once and some guys crabbing on Facebook about me. It's like, God damn it. I can't freaking do anything without people having a problem or, you know, talking crap or, <clears throat> spreading rumors or running their mouths about stuff. So I was like, it would be nice to be, but then I go places where no one knows who I am anymore. And that's not that great either. So <laughs> all I'm saying is. I like being an unknown. Yeah, well, I'm just saying maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. That, uh, well, it, it's not great, but I guess my, my thing is you, you're getting some attention. You is maybe there's a, different way but there's no way of fixing creepy dudes that's the problem because no. i'm assuming everyone's got good intentions and i've got to be zip quick with reading it all right well i think we can end it i think i stuttered and stammered over my own words enough but your everything you said was super interesting and i think people got a lot out of that um so they shouldn't care that i said um uh too many times we're human yeah and uh maybe next time i'll I'll study up on, I'll do some women's studies and then I'll come back and I'll talk with a good answer. I don't know. All right. Well, next week.